Ladies and gentlemen, welcome to a special edition of Jordan and Drew, the sports crew, the National Baseball Hall of Fame debate. No Jordan Lorenz today. I am Drew Skyberg, joined alongside our special guest, Gary Maselli. And Gary, we have had you on the show before, and we're really glad to have you back. How are you doing? Good. Thank you so much for having me back. Yeah, it's great, Gary. And like I was just telling you before we got on here, I've been thinking about doing this Hall of Fame debate special, and I've had you in the back pocket. I was just waiting to reach out to you until we got closer to that September 8th date, and we got there. So I'm really looking forward to this. And the day the people are listening to this episode is the Hall of Fame induction day. So I just want to briefly talk about that as well. I returned to September 8th, um, so which is today, and it was postponed last year due to the COVID-19 pandemic. It begins 1.30 p.m. Eastern, and it'll be on MLB Network. So the guys then who are being inducted, no no people from 2021. Nobody got in 2021, which we'll mention short here shortly. In 2020, though, Marvin Miller, Ted Simmons, Larry Walker, and of course, Gary, your favorite, Derek Jeter. So are you? will you be watching on Wednesday? Absolutely. There's no question I'll be watching. Yeah, and I uh, like... For people who, haven't know, who do not know, Gary is a New York sports fan. So when you say Derek Jeter, that just hits, hits home for him. And I, rightfully so. I mean, we'll, we'll get into it. He's actually one of the four people we'll be discussing today about their Hall of Fame case. And if they, re- if they deserve to get in, and he's one of the easiest ones we have today. So this will be a fun episode. I'm just going to mention the four guys what we are talking about today. We are talking about. Yadier Molina and Joey Votto, so two guys who are still playing, who we're going to talk about their Hall of Fame case for the future. Derek Jeter, a guy who just got in. And then also Harold Baines, a guy who got in a few years back and is one of the remains one of the questionable Hall of Fame decisions here. So with that being said, let's get started, Gary. Are you ready? Absolutely. All right. So we're going to start with Yadier Molina here. And Yadier Molina was, I mean, he still is one of the one of the most well-known catchers of all time, of course. And uh, he's been playing since 2004. He made his debut June 3rd, 2004. So he's been around and just watching Yadier Molina play. What, what things stand out to you with Yadier Molina? I mean, I appreciate and love any player that plays for a long period of time. Uh, He's been playing for the Cardinals for 17 years He's done some really great stuff. Nine gold gloves, silver slugger award, uh, 10-time all-star, over 2,000 hits. I mean, he's done some really great stuff. And he's still playing, and he's 39. So, Yeah, I think that's a great way to put it there. And just for him, there are some – I've seen some of the debates with him about whether he should be in the Hall of Fame. Um, I mean, his offensive production is something that is always brought up with – him being a hall of famer, but again, he's a catcher. So I, I don't think it should be as highly like weighted. So like guys, just one thing, I just want to mention something that really stands out. You mentioned some of the great offensive stats and how like his longevity. Yeah. I mean, that's truly a great thing for a catcher, but the only catchers with more career games than him, Pudge Rodriguez, Carlton Fisk, Ted Simmons, Gary Carter, Bob Boone, Johnny bench. And I believe, yeah. All those guys are Hall of Famers. I'm not sure about Bob Boone, but other than that, all those guys are Hall of Famers. So I think he certainly has a great chance to make it in and just stolen base attempts um, against each team. This is another fun stat. 
from 2005 to today, the Cardinals are number one. Only 1,290 stolen bases have been attempted against them. Diamondbacks, number two, with 1,743. So nearly almost 500 less stolen base attempts. So that just proves you don't want to run on Yachty. And I think something like that, that doesn't really get shown in the stats and stuff. So just stats like these, because I don't, Gary, if you agree with me on this, because like, you know how the advanced stats that's been becoming like yeah. the new, the new oh, yeah. way, the new train of thought here. And it used to be for Hall of Fame, it used to be people just look at counting stats. And I don't think, I think a guy like Yachty Merlin, he doesn't have those counting stats for like for offense and stuff, not really stuff that would put him in the Hall of Fame. But I think when you bring up stats like this, I think this is what we should be using advanced stats, stuff that just like that makes a player unique. And I, I think. Yeah, your million should get in with not a problem here. And where do you stand on this? Well, we have to look at what the Hall of Fame is. The Hall of Fame is a place where players will live forever. It is a place that the best of the best go in. Now, I'm I'm not talking about you know what very good or great players should go in. I'm talking about the best of the best. The best players should go in. Should Yadier go in? I, I don't know. Personally, I would say no. But I'm sure there would be, there are going to be a lot of people that say put him in. Just because somebody has a 20-year career does not mean they should go in. Yes, I agree. Just, just because somebody wins a World Series championship does not mean they should go in. Just because someone hits 2,000 hits, they shouldn't go in. You know, th- this hit count and the home run count, you have to look at how many times they're playing, how many games they're playing. If someone goes up to bat 20,000 times and he gets 1,000 hits, he's not a very good player. No, he's not. And So should he go in? I don't think he should get in. So... And I, I agree totally with what you're saying here with the whole idea that, I mean, counting stats can only go a certain way and they can only go so far because like you mentioned, like longevity plays a part. I think longevity helps, but I think when it, um, and I think counting stats also help, but I don't think they should be the deciding factor here. And I think with a guy like Yadier Molina, I'm solely basing it off of guys who've already gotten in. Like, so like a precedent that has been set with, with prior guys getting in is how I'm basing this off of based on how the hall of fame, I think should be. I don't know if he should be a hall of famer, but based on guys who have gotten in like Ted Simmons and, and other catchers who have gotten in, I think Yadier Molina has a great chance. I'm going to mention his postseason numbers as well in the NLDS um, or actually in the NLCS, he's a three twelve, um, well, batting, batting average OBP or not. And uh, slugging. 312, 358, 433 slash. And then the World Series, a 328, 395, 403 slash in the world. And that's in the World Series. So I think with a guy like that, I, I think like I totally agree with you. you mentioned what a one ring shouldn't shouldn't have this much weight. It's a it's a team sport. I think I think the individual performance heavily matters. I think longevity matters. I don't think it's a design factor. I think career totals, like you mentioned, I, I don't think that's a deciding factor either. I think we gotta look at how the player has performed and like consistency and just overall, just like good, good years year by year. And not just like these long mediocre years that just tally up. But I just think with a catcher who has been able to do it this long, 
defensively, I think certainly at the catching position, I think the defense should be weighted more than let's say offense. So I th- I think he gets it. I think Yadier Molina, I, I, with what you're saying, I agree. I think, um, might not be right away, but I think eventually like it's 10 years, you're basically on the ballot and I'm, I'm sure he'll yeah. meet the threshold to stay on. I think, I think he stays, I think he'll eventually get in. So we'll have to wait and see though on oh. him. Do you have anything else on Yadier Molina? Oh yeah, absolutely. I, I, I think that I don't think he'll get in the first round, but I think, I think eventually he'll probably get in. I, I don't see why he wouldn't. Mm-hmm. And I, I really like what you said though, Gary, with the whole idea that um, I'm just, I'm still touched on it. The, whole idea with like the longevity and stuff. I think that's, that's such a great point that Yadi really like looking at his stats in 97, his OPS plus is 97. It's below average for his career and like stuff yeah. like that. I mean, he has that 2000 hits, but again, that's just a counting thing. And like, there's the guys on the committee who look at that stuff. Some of them still look at those counting stats. So it still baffles me that that's still a deciding factor here. And I don't know. I think, I think Yadi Molina, like below average, I the numbers show it. He's, what? He's well. He's a below average offensive hitter for his career. Like he's below average, which is it's fine. I mean, he still has some great. He still has some great years under his belt. But just taking the career into total, I just I still think the defense here outweighs his offense. But he's certainly the toughest candidate we'll be discussing today about his Hall of Fame candidacy because the next guy who we'll mention now is Joey Votto. So I think. He, I mean, he's had one of the best years of his career actually this year, which is, which is nuts based on some like his power. I mean, his power just came back from younger, like when he was in his career, like prior into his career. And uh, he has some great numbers, Gary, um, first impressions for Joey Votto. Oh, Joey Votto is one of the stars. I mean, he's one of the, the best known players. He's probably the best known player right now in the Cincinnati Reds. I mean, he's been playing for that team for, I think about 14 years now. He's still kind of, he's, he's, I think that he's, he's probably at the end of the, the end of his career. He's 37. Um, his awards, he hasn't gotten that many things. Um, all-star a few times, uh, an MVP award, but um, yeah, he's one of the stars to watch. Like you said, he has his power back and it's fun to watch him. Will he I- get in the hall of fame? Eventually, maybe, but I don't think it's the first ballot hall of famer. I like that you said that, Gary, because you know what? I'm going to go with you. I, I say I say he gets around the 60 to 70%. I, th- I think he'll be right there. I don't think he, based on other guys who have not gotten in first ballot, I don't think he's a first ballot Hall of Famer. I think that, yeah. that that's a fair point to make, but make. But some of his stats, again, we're talking, now we, we got to look at the position. We're talking, we're talking about a first baseman here. So he needs to have some eye-popping offensive stats, and he does. So luckily, that's, that's great for his career. He's got an OBP over 400, a slug over 500. OPS 936 OPS plus 148 for his career. And that's 48% above the, the league average there. And that's, yeah, that's, that is, that is not. So I think that right there, yeah. that's good for him, his hall of fame case. I mean, he's been, he's been a fairly well or well received um, first baseman as well. Defensively. I mean, he's won, he's won a gold glove before. And I think that that goes away for his career. That goes a long way for his career as well. And his war for his career 63.5 slot that would put him around the hall of fame status for um for yeah. like in terms of war if we just want to solely base like look at that and some of those counting stats that we see um voters look at because we gotta remember this committee sometimes they they they've made some questionable decisions before they 
2000, he has over 2000 hits. He's over 300 home runs. He, he has a shot. I mean, if he plays another year or two, he's going to get, he's going to get over 350 and his career batting average still over 300. He's got over a thousand RBIs. He he's, has those counting stats that some people look for in the committee, but I mean, I, I think with his, his case right now, I, I think he's a hall of famer. Like you said, I think we give him a few years maybe to get in maybe year two, year three, maybe even later, but he's a hall of famer. So I, I think, he is one of the, he's for more for sure than Yadier Molina. Would you agree with that statement? Absolutely. I, I definitely think that eventually he will get in, but also I think we all have to look at what the standard is for us to be a hall of famer. You know, if we let someone in, then we can let someone else in, then we can, then eventually everyone comes in. We have to think about what is a hall of famer and what numbers are qualified. And not just because we like someone, they should get in. Everything has to everything has to be right. And just because they have, you know, an OPS of you know whatever, and and the WAR is is whatever, it two things don't make you a Hall of Famer. Yeah, you have I, to be the best of the best. I agree, and I what what worries me is that it's not like that anymore with the committee with the, some decisions that I've made which we'll talk about later, Harold Baines getting in. I think that opened the door for some guys who have not gotten in. And just I just with him getting in upsets me so much because now you could compare a guy like Bobby Abreu to a Hall of Famer, who I don't think yeah. is a Hall of Famer, but Harold Baines got in, so he looks like a Hall of Famer. So just, I, it just it's not Harold Baines' fault, obviously. Just the committee, the committee voted for him, and him getting in now just opened the door for other guys. And I want that door to close, I think. What you said, the best of the best need to be looked at here. And right now, I don't I don't want the Hall of Fame to become become just like um the I don't know, like the Hall Hall of Mediocre or the Hall of Really Good. But I want the Hall of Fame. You know what I mean? I want the best of the best, not the guys who are good for a few years, maybe great for a year. I want the best of the best here. And I know you feel the same. And I with that being said, I want to mention some. I want to mention the 2021 Hall of Fame voting. So, like we mentioned, nobody got in, but the highest vote percentages. So, and the top three guys were all in their ninth year. You get ten years of eligibility on the Hall of Fame if you stay above the five percent threshold. So, Kurt Schilling, seventy-one point one percent. Barry Bonds, sixty-one point eight percent. Roger Clemens, sixty-one point six percent. Scott Rowland, fifty-two point nine percent for his fourth year. Omar Vizquel. 49.1% for his fourth year as well. Any of those guys stand out to you who should be Hall of Famers? No. Um, you know, I, I understand that people love Barry Bonds and Roger Clemens and should be in the Hall of Fame to me. No. If you cheat, if you do steroids, if you, if, if you cheat the game in any way, you do not belong in the Hall of Fame. Yeah, look. Is everyone in the Hall of Fame clean? No, I doubt it. Somebody in there had to have gambled, steroids, or just something. But does that mean everyone should get in? Does that mean you know Barry Bonds should get in? Okay, we put Barry Bonds in. Then Roger Clemens gets in. Then Mark McGuire gets in. Sammy Sosa gets in. Now, we have to draw the line in what and um, who should get in and who shouldn't get in. And there is a player that I think should get in, and that is Pete Rose. 
I do remember you mentioned that. He was arguably the greatest player of his era. Yeah. Unbelievable stats. His stats will never be touched. Yeah. Okay, great. He, He gambled as a manager. Wonderful. But the Hall of Fame should be a place where you're celebrated as the player. And as a player, he did not gamble. From what I know, he did not gamble. And if you go to the Hall of Fame, and if you go to the section where it says the Cincinnati Reds, you will see his bat. You will see his helmet. Guess what he's doing in a few weeks? He's doing an autograph signing in the Hall of Fame. But they just will not let him in. I think it's time they should let him in. He is 100% overqualified to be in. He is, like I said, arguably the best player of his era. No steroids, nothing, just he worked his ass off every day to become the best player, and he did. And he is the best player of his era. He needs to get let in. Amen, I think. I think with Pete Rose, like you mentioned, his stats, absurd. Um, but the one thing here is, was like the, the Hall of Fame committee, they, they still are like saying uh, they don't want him in. They like they are against letting him in still because that was set even in 1991. And I, I understand where they're coming from with the whole idea of while he was still. And I don't I don't know the any truth if there was any like with him. Game, betting on games while as a player, but we know as a manager for sure, and we know that that he was still in the game of baseball, so they took that against him because there are Hall of Fame managers who have gotten in, so they considered his playing and managerial career, I guess, with like with what he did as a manager. So I I, I think that's how it kind of got grouped together because we've seen managers get in, we've seen people involved in the game of baseball, but. In terms of him as a player, I think he should get in as a player. But the, the numbers don't lie. I mean, the, the guy has 4,256 hits. I know we don't talk about counting stats a lot, but that's just when you have a number like that, that's kind of like an outlier here. And even like in terms of war, 79.6, that OPS plus, one eight out of 118 clip. Like he, he's a Hall of Famer and he had longevity as well. We like 23 years of playing. So it's like, I, like we mentioned, those stats shouldn't mean a lot, but they certainly should help your case here. And he certainly would have been a first ballot Hall of Famer with the, with all the accolades and with the, with the the success of uh, over a long span. And I think, yeah, he certainly should be getting should get in. And um, we've seen other things happen, like we've seen um, Reggie Bush's uh, Heisman taken away, and then they look back now and uh, see if uh, because it was involving. Um, what he was signing autographs or whatever, and they learned about it. And now, like college players, they could make money off their name and likeness and what and whatnot. So now they want he wanted to see if he could get back, and their committee said no. And I've just I feel for the guy, and I think this is kind of a similar situation, but not really as he's kind of a he was a manager. And it wasn't in his playing career. So Pete Rose will remain a question for a long time, Gary. And I, I know you're re- you really want him in, but I don't know if we'll ever see him get in. <laughs> Which is just I, you know, I don't know, but Drew, let me ask you this. There are over 200 major league players in the Hall of Fame. 
if you go in there and look at all the names and all the people, do you think every one of them is clean? No, I don't. And that's why oh, it, it, it sucks. But and then people make the argument, well, he got caught. And it's just like, well, the others still did it. And it's just. You're, you're right. And I've, I've been to the Hall of Fame, too. And it's you see, I, I, I know exactly what you're talking about. They have the team thing of the Reds and you see all this Pete Rose stuff. He's there. He's oh, yeah. just not. He's not there. You know, what I mean, like he doesn't have that plaque, that iconic plaque. He's got they got his stuff, but they don't have him there. So that's yeah. You, you go and see his bat, his helmet. He signs autographs there. He, he's there with the kids. I mean, he's everything but but having that plaque. Yeah. Like you, like we said, is someone in the Hall of Fame that gambled? Absolutely. Is someone in the Hall of Fame that took steroids? Absolutely. Jeff, I'm sure Jeff Bagwell. Somebody said that Jeff Bagwell. I think Jose Canseco said Jeff Bagwell was doing steroids. He got into the Hall of Fame. Yeah, and it's... Jeff Bagwell wasn't even that great of a player. He shouldn't have even got in. I. I, I agree. I think that there are some inconsistencies in the Hall of Fame voting and the committee and with some people getting in. If if Bonds gets in, if he ends up getting in, Gary, and Pete Rose is not, I think that's a shame. I think that is an absolute joke and a half because uh, Barry Bonds, who is who his head grew like two sizes during his playing career from oh, Pittsburgh yeah. to San Francisco, I think Pete Rose should get in without a doubt then. And yeah, you mentioned the autographs too. I, he, he's there. It's, it, it's just such a baffling situation. And I know we didn't plan to talk about Pete Rose, but I'm really glad you brought him up because he is certainly one of the, one of the questions Cooperstown will always have. And I hope one day, even if Pete Rose is not there for it, I hope one day he gets his name solidified in Cooperstown. Or, yeah, I so. think, I think, you know, eventually, they will probably let him in maybe when he passes away, unfortunately, but I think eventually he will get in. And I, I hope he does. So I'm, I'm really hoping yeah. that case happens. And we're going to talk now about a guy who deserved to get in your man, Derek Jeter. And you cannot say enough great things about Derek. Jeter. I know there are some people who, who criticize Derek Jeter as an overrated, overrated player, as someone who is very lucky, I, I, I'm sure you've seen all the Jeter hate before. As as a Yankee fan, have you ever seen? Have you seen the Jeter hate? Yeah, and yeah. let me let me explain to your listeners about Derek Jeter. Look, I get it. He didn't have 700 home runs. He had 260. He had over 3,000 hits. But let me just explain the consistency of this man. He was consistent throughout his 20-year career. He had the clutch hits when you needed them to be. He had the amazing ability to jump and dive and do all these unbelievable things on the field. He should have been a first ballot 100% 100% Hall of Famer. Okay. And I mean, look, look, I, I went to, I'll never forget this. The Yankees won the World Series in the year 2000. I went to Manhattan, New York City, 
because they had a parade about the Yankees and the Yankees were there on floats and everyone was celebrating the win of the, the World Series win of the Yankees in 2000. The sheer amount of people that were there with Jeter shirts and Mariano Rivera shirts, I have never seen that many people to this day in one, in one spot, one blank. The amount of love this man has for his clean 20-year, unbelievable, consistent career. If you look at a Hall of Famer, I don't care if he's been playing for 10 years and he had one great year. That does not make him a Hall of Famer. What makes him a Hall of Famer is his consistency. Derek Jeter was a great player every year for 20 years. Yeah, he, he really No was. steroids. No performance enhancing. I, I think he got, I think, Drew, I think he got hurt once and he was out of the season for a little bit. But Derek Jeter was the face of baseball for 20 years. Even if you didn't like baseball, you loved Derek Jeter and you knew who he was. You know, his 3,000 hits was a home run and, you know, he was the cleanest player, a gentleman on and off the field, um, super respectful to everyone. He was just he was a player for the people, and he is what a Hall of Famer should be. He was consistent. And, Gary, you said some wonderful things there. and you, he, I mean, he was great, and I think – like his off, I'm looking at it. We're looking at his war right now. I mean, I'm I'm going to just point some some of those stats out. 115 OPS plus above average, 71.3 career war, and like what you, what stood out to me what you said consistency, and how he played clean in an era where a lot of his teammates and a lot of his opponents were not playing clean, and he was never really attached to end like the Mitchell report, anything with Canseco, so. I think that stands out there. And, but one thing that always hurt him was one, I luckily, I mean, the deep, the whole idea of like war and stuff. I mean, that was kind of during his playing career was not really that, that big. It was a lot of the County numbers and whatnot, but his career defensive war is actually negative. It's a, it's a negative it's minus 9.4. So that actually hurt his war overall war considering his offensive war was a 96.3. So his I, he I don't know if you would agree with me, but um, based on numbers, he was seen as an overrated defensive player. Even though he's made some mo- the most iconic defensive plays, do you think? Do you think his defense um, was certainly over his? Because I I wasn't a big Yankee fan and I didn't watch him all these years. Do you think his defense was noticeably like something that affected the team or what or whatnot? He was some person. He was someone that tried to do everything. And he achieved amazing things on the field. Um, you know, is he overrated? I, 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 I don't know. I, to me, no. But, you know, like you said, we grew up in that era where it was the late 90s where everyone was doing steroids. He could have. He could have easily done it. And he was so loved that he could have gotten away with it. But he never did. He was consistent. He was not somebody that had a great year than the next year. He was hurt for half the season. 
He never complained. He worked hard. And that's what a Hall of Fame baseball player should be. Yeah. And Gary, I'm, I'm cool with him getting in. You mentioned even 100% he, first year. And I, I thought, because there's not many, I, I think, is Ken Griffey the only guy who have, who's came close? Or is there been anyone 100%? I'm actually... Um, well, the only 100% unanimous was Mariano Rivera. Oh, yeah. Mariano Rivera and then Jeter, 99.7. Griffey, 99.3. And Rivera, rightfully so, of course. Can't argue that. Jeter oh, yeah. in 2020. 396 out of 397. I don't know how you don't put him in. I, I think he's one vote shy, which he actually was. Yep. And I'm, I'm shocked of that. And I think I I could have been based on guys who have not gotten hundred percent. I don't think Derek Jeter should have gotten hundred percent, but I, I think a lot of guys should have gotten hundred percent. So I'm, I oh, would yeah. agree with you that he's hundred percent. Oh yeah. I, th- I definitely think there's a lot of people that should have gotten hundred uh, percent. Mickey Mantle, Babe Ruth, uh, Ty Cobb, Honus Wagner. I mean, there's some really unbelievable talent that should have gotten 100%. Mariano Rivera, you know, I love him. He's wonderful. He shouldn't have been the first. Mm-hmm. I, I, I agree with that. I think he shouldn't. He, he definitely shouldn't have. There's other guys. Ken Griffey is one who I think oh, yeah. who, who could have gotten 100%. He was something else. And um, yeah, and you mentioned all the, you mentioned a lot of great things. I mean, Derek Jeter was a leader. He he was the captain. Like that that's what he's known as. And I think, I think just his leadership. I think his performance is off his offensive performance. You he always comes in in up in the big spots. He always delivers. He always makes big plays. We think of I think of that defensive play against Oakland. I believe was it in the ALCS or the ALDS. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah with yeah. Giambi, I think that one is certainly one of the most iconic defensive play he's made. In his career, and he's had all, all those, those big big moments. What? All those plays, the flip, how he dove into the stands. I mean, all those wonderful plays that he was a part of, that he really put his heart and soul in baseball. He put everything he had into baseball. And look, I don't know who said no to Derek Jeter, but how could you say no to Jeter? I, I, don't, I don't get it either. I'm actually looking up. Who it was? Because I remember during the um, when when they announced the 2020 ballot, um, there was someone like they found out who it was, and it was Felix De Jesus, I believe, is what I'm reading. Okay. So it was some writer, and he didn't he didn't feel that Derek Jeter deserved to be in right away or something was his argument, and I I it baffles me about how you can just say no. And cause there are other guys on that list who I, I don't, it just blows my mind. And there's one guy who, um, I don't know if you saw in 2021, he submitted or 20, I, it might have even been 2020. He submitted a blank ballot. Like he didn't vote for anyone. And that just bad. That baffles me as well. I mean, there's really nobody who you, who you think could have gotten in the hall of fame based on other guys who've gotten in. And it's like, that that just doesn't get me get to me, and um, I guess we're gonna switch gears here, Gary. You're cool with that. We're gonna talk about now. Got uh, one guy, who, our last guy, Harold Baines. We're gonna talk about how he got in and kind of how that affected that affects the hall for its future. And we've already we've already touched on it, but I I, I don't I wasn't alive to watch Harold Baines, and he really wasn't your time either, was he? No, he wasn't. 
Yeah, he played from 1980 to 2001. So, like we mentioned, longevity was there, but shouldn't decide everything. And he he had some good years earlier in his career. Like he, like he was he had some MVP votes and whatnot. He looking at his offensive production. I mean, he had um in terms of war, he was an All Star level player for for five six years. But having a five to six year prime shouldn't really get you in the hall. And he was. He was playing, he was a DH for a little bit in his career at the near the end. So that's something I don't think certainly should be so, like help him get in the Hall of Fame, considering he was an offensive. I mean, uh, okay, Gary, I just got to read you this. His defensive war for a career minus 19.5. Right. It was, it was significantly negative. So, I mean, when people mention Derek Jeter's war, his defensive war being negative, at least it wasn't like this. It, it was almost. A negative twenty. It was literally almost twenty. It was, ugh, yeah, that, that's atrocious. So, any any thoughts about Harold Baines? Harold Baines, yeah, Harold Baines, right now. I mean, I congratulate him for he played for twenty two years. He was a coach for twelve years. Almost three thousand hits. I think he got like twenty eight hundred hits. Three hundred eighty four home runs. I mean, he's had some good stuff. No question. But I think he's one of those players that not quite made it. He's not exact. He's almost there. He's very, very good. But he is just, for me, he's just not quite there. That's a great way to look at it, Gary. And I I certainly agree with you, I think. Especially with the the D war stands out to me. His offensive war was a forty point seven for his career, which is which is solid, but not DH. That's not a good D like for an offensive player as a DH. I need we need to see some really good offensive stats because I again position position matters for the Hall of Fame. It really does. It matters what you played, how long you played it. Because obviously, like a catcher, catcher stands out. Catcher with offensive sta- production stands out more than like a DH with offensive production as a DH is expected to produce offensively and a catcher is not. So that's, that's just something there. And he only had 34 stolen bases for his career. I again, that doesn't really matter, but I, that's kind of alarming to me as well. But the way he really got in was with the kind of the committee that voted for him. And when, when a, the committee votes for a guy like him, we mentioned it opens the door and we need that door to close and, Gary, you mentioned, because I, I threw out those names. You don't think any of those guys are Hall of Famers that I mentioned, those top five guys who got votes last year, or actually this this past year. And I I think they're these guys left on here with what you said. I mean, I, I could see maybe Schilling getting in next year. I don't think Bonds or yeah. Clemens oh, should yeah. get in. But I think we need to see this Hall of Fame kind of um just, okay, we let those guys in, whatever. We're not going to let that open the door for others. We need to just draw the – a fine line to prevent this from happening. What do you think about that? I definitely think the Hall of Fame needs to have standards and can't just let everyone in it in at this point. Um, look, if you play for 20 years and you're on the Hall of Fame ballot, I would feel so honored that I'm even talked about in that conversation. Nick Swisher is on the Hall of Fame ballot. He he's never he's not gonna get in and he's not gonna be there next year. He got zero percent of the votes, but just to have a career in baseball for 10 plus years and to be on the ballot as a conversation should be just amazing. But um, 
I think the Hall of Fame needs to know that this is a place where the best of the best of the best of the best come. You know, the Babe Ruths, the Honus Wagner, the Ty Cobbs, and Mickey Mantles. You know, the best of the best. They can't start letting everyone in. You know, just because you like somebody doesn't mean they should get 100%. I think that's that's exactly what the Hall of Fame should be. You're right. You are. There shouldn't be a bias towards other players. And I, I'm just I'm going to look right now at the candidates who are first ballot next year. Um, oh, we start getting like David Ortiz, um, A-Rod, um, Mark Teixeira, it says. Jimmy Rollins, Carl Crawford, Coco Crisp. So out of those six guys I mentioned, Rodriguez, Ortiz, Teixeira, Rollins, Crawford, and Crisp. Which, do you think any of those guys are Hall of Famers? Well, look, if you let David Ortiz in or A-Rod in, you're going to have to let in everyone that did steroids. Everyone. McGuire, Sosa, Bond, Clemens. You know, the list will go on and on. If you open the floodgates for one person, you have to let them all in. Mm-hmm. And um, the the rest, you know, it's not up to me. I wish I was on the ballot, but um, we'll see. Yeah, and Ortiz. A lot of people forget Ortiz was actually caught doing like he was on the Mitchell report. He was a part of steroids in two thousand three and two thousand four, I believe, is when he was kind of caught. Yeah, and yeah. That really goes under the radar, and we know about a Rod and whatnot. But I I think I think Ortiz will get in. I think you will. I'm not sure about A-Rod and, and the, I don't think the others get in. I don't think Teixeira, Rollins, Crawford, or Crisp get in, but you mentioned, I, I like what you said about the floodgates. I think that's truly what the Hall of Fame has come to with. Um, let, if you let some of these guys in, just the Harold Baines thing, just open open the floodgates, let's say, and just let open a lot of opportunity for some guys who shouldn't get in. And I'm worried about the Hall of Fame becoming the Hall of, Hall of Good, which I mentioned, and I, I don't want that. I want the Hall of Fame. I want the best of the best in Cooperstown. And I don't know. With that being said, do you have any final thoughts or anything about the Hall of Fame? I agree with you. I mean, I completely agree with you. And this whole steroid thing, it's it's a different argument when a coach, when you're in pain and a coach gives you some kind of cream to put on your legs and you put it on your leg and you feel better. And then you real, and then you learn down the line. It's it has steroids in it, and you just stop cold turkey. And you say this is cheating them. That's different from going in the back and injecting yourself with a chemical every day to perform better. There just has to be, there has to be, there's there has to be a conversation where people say, you know what, they didn't know. They were prescribed by a doctor. They did it once or twice, fine. But then there should be a conversation where that, and then the people that you know are doing it every every day. Yeah, I, you're right. I, I think with with the whole steroid thing, there certainly are some things there with that. And Gary, with that being said, would you like to shout yourself out? Oh yeah, you can check out my Instagram at Gary Maselli. And then my name will be in the show notes. Awesome. Yeah, he's right. They will be in the show notes. And yeah, I mean, expect Gary on guys for a few more episodes in the future. He's such a great guest as, as we heard, just great to talk any sports with him, New York sports, especially we heard with the Jeter stuff and yeah, well for, uh, for this podcast, I mean, episode 27 comes out next Monday, expect an 
a fantasy football special with Robert Schimmick coming very soon. So be on the lookout for that. And yeah, check us out on Instagram, Jordan, Jordan Drew underscore sports crew. Check us out on YouTube, Jordan and Drew the Sports Crew. Facebook, Jordan Drew the Sports Crew. And yeah, that's all we got. And thank you all for listening to another episode of Jordan and Drew the Sports Crew, the perfect podcast for you.